The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. It's a hot Wednesday night in the Texan border town of McAllen, and a gaggle of volunteers are meeting at their local Republican headquarters, getting ready to hit the phones, knock on doors, and defend their freedom. One sits behind a desk signing up new recruits. Others read from a script, cold-calling voters. On one side of the meeting room, a wall is covered entirely by a massive Texan flag, with its lone star proudly illuminating the Texans, who gather to prepare for an electoral fight. Chelsea is a member of the Republican National Hispanic Assembly of Texas. The Republican Party, it's pretty much become a safe haven for conservatives, just like myself. I sat down next to her on a small metal chair, draped in the stars and stripes. These may be Texans, but they're Americans first. My interviewee couldn't be more red, from Chelsea's top to her hair to her fingernails, and most importantly, her politics. The bright red of the Republican Party radiated from her. I've always been a Republican since grade three. It took me to do a a history project on Martin Luther King Jr. and ended up finding out that the Ku Klux Klan was founded by the Democrat Party and I promised myself I would never vote for a party that founded such hatefulness. Chelsea is not your typical Republican. She, like the majority of people in McAllen, comes from a Mexican background. Immigration is very important down here. We live five minutes away from the border and We've seen crazy things. I mean, for instance, I've had a high-speed chase in one of my houses that I used to rent. It's things on a day-to-day basis that we experience living down here, and we're sick and tired of it. The Democrat Party has totally abandoned us. Historically, the Democrats have dominated among Hispanic voters. I asked her why she thought this was the case. People in impoverished areas have been lied to have been told, you got to do this for the raza, for us, you know, and it's not for us. So they think you're a bit of a sort of Hispanic traitor, a bit of a turncoat? Oh, yeah. I got called every name in the book, even racist. And I was like, well, that makes me a proud Puerto Rican, Mexican, Irish racist then. On the 8th of November, Joe Biden's presidency will either sink or swim. The midterm elections will decide who controls both houses of Congress, which could either put rocket boosters on Biden's next two years in the White House or turn him into a lame duck president, reliant on Republican votes or his executive powers alone. My name is Stephen Edgington, and I'm The Telegraph's video comment editor. To the uninitiated, that means I work on our opinion desk, where I make films and podcasts about all things politics. Over the next three weeks, I'll be travelling across America, from the Mexican border and the cattle ranches of South Texas to the swamps of Florida and the busy streets of Manhattan. I'll be speaking with Americans who are fighting these elections with a passion and vigour rarely seen in Britain. Specifically, I'll be focusing on the Republicans, 
who many expect to win in a landslide or a red wave. And it's not hard to think why. To say these two years haven't quite gone to plan for Biden would be an understatement. The ailing president has made so many gaffes, questions surround the White House as to who really is in charge. Biden promised to be the adult in the room after four years of childish outbursts and chaos from his predecessor. However, on this count, he and his Democratic allies have failed abysmally. One only has to look toward the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan last year to see how competent the Biden administration has really been. Americans will cast their vote during a time of epic inflation, rampant illegal migration, and rising crime across the country's major cities. And yet polls show the Republicans to be neck and neck with the Democrats in many key states. All is still to play for in these midterm elections. Let's head back to McAllen, the Texan town which sits right on the US-Mexico border. McAllen isn't particularly big or wealthy, with most people speaking Spanish or Spanglish. Some speak no English at all. Historically, McAllen has been a democratic stronghold. Yet in 2021, the town voted for a Republican mayor, the first they've had in years. Key to the Republicans' midterm strategy is to persuade Hispanic voters to break away from the Democrats. I wanted to find out why so many were doing exactly that. My first stop was in Edinburgh, a suburb of McAllen just 30 minutes from the Mexican border. I was there to meet with Myra, who after losing her business to the coronavirus lockdowns, became a Republican volunteer in February of this year. You can't miss Myra's home. It's as if it's decorated for Christmas, where Santa Claus and his reindeer are replaced with beaming Republican candidates and slogans, yelling, pro-life, pro-Abbott, in reference to Greg Abbott, the Republican governor of Texas. Hello, hello. Hi. Upon entering Myra's home, I'm greeted by a yapping chihuahua and two AR-15 rifles laying on a sofa. The guns are hurried away by Myra's 16-year-old son, who bunked off school to ensure his mother had backup upon the arrival of a strange British journalist who had come to interview her. Myra says she has reason to be cautious. I lost Mexico. My home got broken into. I I can no longer travel over there anymore because of the cartels. I miss my grandma's house. That was my second home, you know. Standing in Myra's kitchen, I can see mugs and fridge magnets plastered with smiling images of Donald Trump. And her house is littered with leaflets and signs for Republican candidates. For some, it may seem odd for Hispanics to support Trump after his harsh rhetoric aimed toward America's southern neighbour. Everything that Trump stands for, Trump does. I could tell you that looking at my life, we were Trump before Trump. We didn't join Trump. Trump joined us. And it's a concept that people don't understand. But really think about it. Mexicans are conservative people. It's a conservative culture, you know. And a lot of people forgot about that because they don't visit Mexico anymore. Mexico sends its people. They're not sending their best. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're raping. I was never worried or concerned about those words because coming from a Border Patrol family, we hear daily what kind of people cross. 
I hear of how many rapists have gone through, how many murderers, how many drug cartel people. I've lost my business because of the shutdowns, so I stay with my kids, I'm here to support my husband. So because of the angle and that perspective, my life led me in a different direction, which is how can I help kind of like keep my family together and keep my family happy and healthy. And the best angle I could take was to support politicians that are for the Border Patrol, that are for the same things that I am for, and to get the community on board to see that you do have, it is a perspective that we can take and it is an angle that, that we align with. And it's a safe place. It's a safe zone, you know? So, so there's this stereotype of Republican voters being white, being racist, for example. You might be a slightly different version of that Republican stereotype. Yes. My mother is Mexican. My father is American. So in my generation, I am Mexican-American. I still carry pride in Mexico because that is where my family is from. My aunts, my grandmother, those were the people that I grew up with. Those are the family members that taught me everything that I know and how I came to be this kind of person, this type of person. The characteristics, the morals, all of that came from them in a Mexican perspective. We are conservative. My mother is conservative. My grandmother is conservative. The misconception, I don't know how it got lost in translation, but Mexicans are conservatives. They're very patriotic. They love their country. They love their flag. And anybody that denies that, I, the, the concept is lost. There's a confusion behind that. So my mother ended up coming to the United States because my grandmother's twin brothers made the jump and made the transition. So through communications and saying, hey, we could have a better lifestyle over here, uh, financially, things like that. My mother knew that as an older sibling, she felt obligated to take care of her siblings and her mother. So what was the angle to take? Let me go to America the right way and kind of have all that stuff checked down, make the money so that if ever my grandmother, her mother needed anything or her siblings needed anything, she could be the backbone and give them some kind of support. So... My mother did the whole spot. She had to get her sponsor. She got to get her accounts in check. She had to get all her paperwork done. So you talk about your mom coming here mm -hmm. legally. Correct. She came here the right way. Mm -hmm. And you talk about the American dream. Mm -hmm. Can you contrast that to the many people who cross the border illegally and who come here the wrong way? When we hear the many stories, and obviously right now it's the many, many stories, it's really not just about being unfair but it really is a disrespect, a dishonor to the people that really took their time because it does take time, it does take money, it does take effort to be here in this country because those people that, the people that came here legally, that's how much respect they have for this country. That's how much they value the worth of this country. That's how much they honor this country to where they know that there's a reason why America is the place. Coming from a Border Patrol family, we hear daily what kind of people cross. We can talk all day about how many wonderful people show up. That's great. But nobody wants to talk about the bad aspect. Illegal immigration has become a vital issue in the midterms, with Republican governors sending migrants away from border states like Texas and Florida and into Democratic strongholds. After Florida Governor Ron DeSantis flew 50 Venezuelan migrants to Martha's Vineyard, an exclusive Massachusetts island which features homes owned by liberal superstars including the Obamas, Democrats accused the firebrand governor 
of playing politics with people's lives. Here's the White House press secretary for the Biden administration, Karine Jean-Pierre. Yesterday, two Republican governors reportedly lured 100 asylum seekers, including children, onto planes and buses with false premises and then abandoned them on the side of a busy road thousands of miles away with nothing, with nothing but Ziploc bags of their belongings in hand. These were children, they were moms, they were fleeing communism, and what did Governor DeSantis and Governor Abbott do to them? They used them as political pawns, treated them like chattel in a cruel, premeditated political stunt. These are the kinds of tactics we see from smugglers in places like Mexico and Guatemala. In McAllen, residents have no choice but to put up with the hundreds of migrants who slip the net of the authorities and make their way in to the land of opportunity. After finishing up with Myra, her husband Rolando drove me through the sparsely populated desert towns of South Texas to the border. Rolando has lived and worked around this area for years. He comes across as humble and straight-talking and wore a simple baseball cap, T-shirt and cargo trousers. After a short drive, we made it to an observation deck overlooking the vast Rio Grande River, which flowed slowly 50 feet below us. On the opposite bank stood Mexico. So do you, do you patrol this part specifically? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So were you here like earlier today or? Yes, actually I was. But, um, yeah. but all these areas are area of operation. So. But yeah, that's Mexico. And it's, this is probably one of the most dangerous parts because there's a lot of gun battles. That's Miguel Aleman, that's what it's called. The name of the town there and uh there's like a battle for a stronghold for cartels to control the area so there's usually a lot of gun battles at this point the sun was ready to set providing a dramatic light which illuminated the picture below us we could see mexicans wading in the river some fishing others standing around conspicuously a topless teen rode a red quad bike weaving through the worn-down buildings and trees which lined the riverbank. So these people here, they're just sort of fishing, they're kind of wandering around. Uh, that's the thing. Um, yeah, it looks like they're just having fun, you know what I mean? Like, certain people, like, you know, might be out here for reasons other than, you know? I mean, you're obvious people, like those people, they're just having fun. Yeah. Uh, casting a net, trying to fish. But then there's some people that are out here, like those two gentlemen, um, they don't have any fishing equipment. They're not looking like they're going to swim. So what are they doing out here? Yeah. I mean, you know, they could just be enjoying the weather, but we don't know. And that's the problem. Like, it's, it's very hard to identify who's who. And have you seen, since Biden was elected, are there more people coming over? Oh, yes. Yeah, numbers, I mean, we're almost at 2 million. So, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. It's uh, the influx of, of uh, people coming over, uh, I think, doubled since he took over. It was really, really bad about a year ago. A lot of families were coming across and stuff like that. And it was 
a daily occurrence where you had hundreds and hundreds of people just crossing and just... It's causing also humanitarian crisis for them when they come over here, um, putting their lives in danger, trying to cross over here. So, I mean, it's, it's an issue. It's an issue that needs to be addressed, needs to stop being ignored. Rolando pointed down to two men whose upper torsos were now fully covered by the water and had found themselves on the American side of the river. In the village behind us, border agents wait like eagles, ready to swoop in with their green and white pickup trucks to capture anyone who makes it too far inland. When we first got here, some of the people that were along the border, they're getting closer now, you know, and they're getting closer and closer. So, um, so they're edging their way yeah. basically from Mexico into um, the US. These people were a little bit further towards Mexico and now yeah. they're a little bit closer to our side. You know what I mean? That shout you just heard whilst Rolando was talking put him on high alert. You know what I mean? You have this person communicating with them right now. That's right, right next to us too, you know? So it's just kind of like, you don't know what's going on. We quickly packed up our equipment and rode off back onto the wide Texan highways. It's not just immigration which is spurring some Hispanics to embrace the GOP. Though Republican candidate Wesley Wright has no Mexican blood he is working hard to persuade Hispanics in his constituency to switch from the Democrats. In fact, his ancestors can be traced back to Germany and moved to Texas around six generations ago. Wesley is running for state senate in Texas's 20th district, which includes much of McAllen. We met at his ranch two hours north of the border. I walked up a long gravel driveway. To my left, a field full of cattle with menacing-looking horns. To my right, a shiny red Dodge pickup truck was parked under a rusty corrugated iron shelter. Wesley appeared from behind another pickup in full cowboy attire, all the way down from his Stetson hat to his large buckle holding up a pair of blue jeans. How are you? Very good, thanks. How are you? Wesley Wright. Nice to meet you, Stephen. How long's the ranch been in your family? Well, we, we bought this ranch in the 1850s, and so we've managed to keep part of it together well over 150 years now, so uh, six generations. And tell me a bit about what you're running for here in Texas. So we're running for the Texas Senate in District 20, and it's been held by a long-term Democrat, and of course he's the incumbent, and uh, we just decided it was time for a change. Now, there's a lot of Hispanics around here. Absolutely. And we've seen a, a big trend in Hispanics voting for the GOP, voting for the Republicans in recent years. Do you think that will help you in this midterm election? Absolutely. The Democrat Party has changed, and so their ideologies don't line up with faith, family, and freedom. But uh, the Hispanic community, the South Texas community, there's not a division in whether you're Anglo or Hispanic. We're South Texans, first and foremost. The Democrats are determined to focus on other issues in Texas, such as the recent Supreme Court decision to overturn the Roe v. Wade abortion ruling and gun control. Wesley is a firm believer in the Second Amendment and wanted to show me his large collection of weapons. We stepped into his ranch house, a wood-panelled bungalow surrounded by decking, where Wesley and his family can relax on rocking chairs. Inside, the decor is a mixture of modern and traditional, with a marble-topped kitchen accompanying a large living space. The room was dimly lit and furnished with well-used chairs and an old dining table, where three rifles lay dormant. 
There was, however, still plenty of room for Wesley's 15-year-old son, Royce, to practice his rope tricks, which he proudly showed off to us. The entire family are rodeo fanatics and consistently compete in local competitions. They even have their own rodeo arena, where they can practice with their cattle and horses. As impressive as Royce's rope acrobatics were, my eyes were drawn back to that dining room table, where one weapon in particular stood out from the rest. A small rifle half the size of the other guns, covered in worn-out rubber, didn't quite look real to me. I'm curious about this, this gun. It's a pink gun. We'll take it. We'll take it. Okay. So who's this, who's this, is this, is this we, your daughter? We bought that for my daughter when she was a little gal in on single shot, 22, same as these guns. And, and, uh, so this is a proper gun? It can, it can, oh, yeah. yeah. And how old was she when she got the, got the gun? Four or five. Four or five. Wow. Yeah. Should a four-year-old, isn't that quite young for a gun? I think it depends on the four-year-old and the environment. And so... I don't know how it is in the UK, but did your parents ever throw you in their lap and let you steer the vehicle while it was driving down the road when you were four or five? Maybe a bit older, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a vehicle would do a whole lot more damage than this little old gun. Walking into a small room off the side of the kitchen, Wesley brought out a massive shotgun and two AR-15 assault rifles. I was still holding the pink gun as I admired his impressive collection. Here, you carry I feel these. a bit emasculated with this well, sort of let me have, let me have a <laughs> yeah, here, carry, carry something that's a little, yeah, that's a little better. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, carry that. hate to emasculate you this early in the day. <laughs> Determined to give me the full Texan experience, Wesley drove me to a nearby lake to do some shooting. The body of water used to be a gravel quarry, but is now a favourite spot to discharge the surplus ammo of local ranchers. We walked up onto a small barge beached on one side of the lagoon. So this is the famous AR-15 rifle? This is it. Why is it so controversial? I don't know why it's controversial. All guns will do the same thing. Wesley passed me the AR-15 and taught me the ins and outs of the rifle. Then it was time to shoot. I was apologising because rather stupidly I had handed back the loaded rifle to Wesley without the safety on. Wow. What do you think? Well, it felt very powerful. It felt more powerful than the other ones. Well, it's a higher calibre than the 22s you were shooting. Yeah. Not near the recoil as the 12 gauge. It's an extraordinary thing to shoot a gun. Honestly, I've, I've never thought I would do that in my life, you know. We have to come to Texas more often. <laughs> we have to shoot all the guns. Yeah, well. Do you think machine guns should be legal? When you start encroaching on people's rights as to what they can carry and what they can't carry, that's just taking some of your freedom away. And so... But what about a tank or, you know, there's got to be some limits, right? I don't know what those limits would be. Where do the limits stop? When they start, they start taking away your AR-15 and they want to take away your single-shot cricket 22, and then you're left defenseless. Back at the ranch, I wanted to find out what had inspired Wesley to become a politician. Have you always been interested in politics? Not at all. I've always gone out and voted. But in the recent past, the woke ideology that's being 
pushed by the media has brought new light to the situation. I'll tell you this, Stephen. Five years ago, did you know anything about transgender? Did you know any transgender people? I didn't either. So now there's a, a whole new page in our dictionary with terms that aren't what people use on, on a daily basis. You know, for, for me to call you some form of a pronoun, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. It's, and it's everywhere. It's in our schools, it's in our communities, and it's time that we put a stop to that. And, you know, men are men and women are women, and you can't wake up one day and decide you're a dog. Back in McAllen, it was time for local Republican activists to meet at a plain-looking building jettisoned off a nondescript highway hidden by a wall of yard signs with the same slogans and candidates we saw outside of Myra's house. It was here in the GOP's local HQ where we met with the young Republican activist, Chelsea, that we heard from at the beginning of the episode. We continued our conversation. In terms of Joe Biden, what do you make of, of his presidency so far? It's trash. It's complete trash, turmoil. He has sent this country from being an America first agenda to America last. Why do you think Hispanics have previously voted for the Democrats in such huge numbers, particularly here in McAllen and in Hidalgo County? Because they've been lied to, that the Republicans are the mean, evil people with horns in their heads. I mean, I, for instance, was working with a, with an organization down here, and um, I remember going block walking. And I ended up knocking the door of a abuelita, and that abuelita was very misinformed. And I asked her, I go, who are you voting for? Are you voting for Trump or are you voting for Hillary? Oh, I'm voting for Hillary because she's against abortion. That's exactly the phrase that she told me, but in Spanish. I'm like, hmm, where did you get that? Oh, my daughter-in-law told me. So a lot of what's happening is that a lot of people were misinformed, told a bunch of lies about the Republican Party. And I know that a lot of people down here in Hidalgo County, not only in Hidalgo County, but in the RGB, are conservatives deep, deep down in their soul. And that's one thing that we are working for. Do you think the Republicans had a bit of an image problem here among Hispanics? Definitely. I, I can definitely say that, yes. Because the, Democrat had a, the Democrats had a stronghold here. But we are working for that stronghold to be no more because they've been lied to. We vote, we keep on voting. We, I mean, my family kept on voting for Democrats. They never helped us. I mean, I'm the black sheep per se from the family. I'm the one that came out Republican and proud of it. But, you know, there's been so much that has happened in the last couple of years that a lot of people are realizing, and especially with this presidency, that this is not what we want or need. Although Chelsea can claim to have been a Republican since she was 10, Hilda has been working with the local GOP for more years than she would like to admit. In a large office filled with Republican paraphernalia, including a portrait of President Lincoln, 
and a life-size cutout of Donald Trump. Hilda sits behind a large oak desk, as if she was a head teacher, ready to give me a telling off. She volunteers as the secretary to the local party and seems to know all the activists well. I started by asking her whether she thought the Democrats sneer at the Republicans. Stephen, you know, Hidalgo County, where you are in right now, is a very blue county. We have not had a Republican elected countywide in over a hundred years. So growing up in this county, that's what we deal with as Republicans. So sneered, not really, but I don't think that my Democratic friends hate me. I don't think that we can't play tennis together or go to lunch together. I certainly don't think that way of them. I don't agree with them, but I don't hate them. So I hate the way they vote, but I don't hate them. In a special election here recently, the mayor of McAllen was voted to be a Republican. That is correct. Just down the road in, in one of the districts Cameron here, County. we had Mara Flores Cameron won County. a special election. Mm-hmm. So you've seen the Republicans do well here. And, and you talk about Hispanics, and that's one of the, the issues, that, the reasons that we're here is because more Hispanics are voting for the Republican Party. Do you expect in these midterms to finally break the Democrats' hold of Hidalgo County and other areas across Texas? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. When George W. Bush ran for president, he was a governor, Texas, ran for president, in Cameron County, the county that you're referring to, he won the most presidential votes ever, ever of any candidate. When Donald Trump ran the first time in Cameron County, he had the least number of votes ever. But when he ran the second time, he won the county. So that shows you a trend. What is happening? And I really believe, Stephen, that what's happening is that people in South Texas, Hispanic Americans, are beginning to see that their values align more with the Republican Party. As the Democrats lurch to the left on social issues, a gap has opened up for the Republicans to entice more traditional communities, including Hispanics. It will take a large effort from the Republicans to shed their image problem among minority voters. However, Joe Biden's failure to tackle illegal migration and his appeasement of far-left activists in his own party represents an open goal for the GOP in these midterm elections. Next time. He is now the most successful governor, not just in the country now, but probably in the modern age. Could Ron DeSantis be America's next president? How would you rate him? He is a 10. He is an amazing governor. I'm here in Florida to find out whether the governor has what it takes. America was the last best hope for the world, and I've come out here to Florida and say, well, Florida's the last best hope for America. I'll investigate how he has taken on the left-wing establishment. It was a risk, to be honest with you. Not many governors get involved in local politics like that. Whether he's ready to fight Donald Trump for the Republican presidential nomination. National polling is showing over 70% of Republicans would literally walk over glass for President Trump. And succeed Joe Biden to hold the world's most powerful office. He's recognized and understand the, the sacrifices and the suffering that so many who escaped communism went through. You've been listening to The Red Wave with me, Stephen Edgington, for The Telegraph. 
It's produced by Tom Heal, with additional production and sound design by Elliot Lampitt. The executive producer is Louisa Wells, and the commissioning editor is Tom Welsh. Follow this feed on your podcast app to make sure you don't miss an episode. Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online, at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast, so you turn all those retro notes into Jira tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com.